it's also being recorded now. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Thursday, the end of our first week, remotely broadcasting as uh, the winter season is underway. Dan Duran's in uh, my home. Dan, are you okay there? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Your uh, your camera has uh, got some goo on it, I think, so. <clears throat> well, he's down. <laughs> he's down there alone, and he's been dating you porn. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I've actually changed my relationship status to in a, in a relationship with you porn. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're funny, Fred. You're funny boy. You funny boy. You got a funny boy. All right. Uh, yeah, very uh, exciting. This uh, first thing, you know, like, wh- were you the first one to do this? I can't remember if you were the first to go away and do the show somewhere. Jeez, Howie, come on. That would take memory. Uh, I don't know. Like, I've been away and then called in, but actually doing the show last year may have been the first time we've done that you were in palm springs i was in you know other than the trade me you know if you want to count the the tin palace yes oh no i, I i'm talking about what we did last year i guess yeah last year was the first year we did it and uh dan you're an audio engineer by trade i don't know if people realize that mm-hmm. is that what your original uh, you were a producer slash audio expert well i don't know if audio expert oh, ever please came. He but it was, I mean, I, I, I had a background in that. And as a production director, I worked in a recording studio for a bunch of different radio stations. And yeah, I, I did the multi-track. Thing well, I think that would make you an audio engineer. Freddie, what were you trying to say there? Mm-hmm. Well, Dan was... He's uh, very modest. He, he is. Dan's a modest guy. He's like my wife. He can't take a compliment without trying to qualify it, like downgrade it. <laughs> Okay, I'm the greatest yeah, like, guy. Like if you if if we if we started that sentence with let me tell you what Dan's done as a job, yeah, and then say you're an audio engineer, anyone would go, yeah, well that makes sense. I mean, he was working in a multi-track studio for many years. In fact, he was hired by a radio station in California, San Francisco, to be precise, back in 1986 when we all moved to California. Me under uh, <laughs> sketchy circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. Um, that's right. I, I never. I, I don't think I ever visited you in L.A. Did I? No, I didn't. I visited, we moved. To, we moved our stuff down there together. Well, no. Here's the sketchy part: is that Dan got a job and they moved him. I uh, did not have a job. I was doing stand-up, so I had only a few furniture items. I was going to move to Los Angeles, so I just stuck them on Dan's. Oh, that's move. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I came up to visit you because in, in, 19, in the 1980s, to go from uh, L.A. to San Francisco was under $50 on Air California. So I'd pop up to see my boy on the weekend sometime because I would get lonely for a Canadian friend. Uh, uh, anyway, the reason I brought it up is because, you know, I know you have some problems with how this sounds from doing it in somebody's kitchen. I know that. <laughs> But I was going to say, guys, you know, all in all, given the technology, I've listened back to the show a few times this week to try and it sounds pretty good, I think. So do I. I, I've listened to it just last night in the EV. I Bluetoothed uh, the show just to get an idea of how it sounded, and it sounded just great to me. Generally great and compared to most podcasts. 
the sound of our podcast is so much better than I would say most podcasts. So if you want to compare it that way, we're leaps and bounds ahead, even this way and this way, you know, to a discerning ear, maybe a cut below, but the average person, no. Well, the. Oh, look at that. <laughs> That's really funny. Dan just froze. Yeah. What is the chance? In the studio. That, and, and he's he's actually the one in a studio and he's completely frozen. Wait a minute. I paid the uh, I paid the Internet bill there. What's the problem? <laughs> it never freezes. I, I don't know. I've never seen that before, but he's done. And just as you said, uh, you know, maybe it was yeah. a little bit. Uh, well, I agree. Listen, I, you know, sometimes I, I, I'll go weeks without actually listening to how the show sounds because of, you know, going back and listening to what I said makes me sick. But uh, because I yeah, was away here. Well, because when, I, when I'm away here, I wanted to, you know, I've checked every day to see. Mm-hmm. Dan, <laughs> when you go back and listen to that, that was really funny. You froze just as we, you were about to tell us how shitty the audio was. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that's the best part about that. Why did it freeze, Dan? Fred paid the bills. I have no idea. Just it went away for a second there. Anyway, the the room is when Howard talks, the room's a little live is what I was going to say. So the the reflection on the, the walls and stuff, you can hear that. That's all. And but it's not you're you're right. You guys, it's just not that bad. There's like you've there's a lot of guests you have on the show whose sound is not anywhere close to as good as yours are. So, you know. But, but Fre- trying try for the best. But Freddie's right, though. I mean, overall, like I've listened to some other podcasts, you know, you know, even Smartless sometimes wills off, you know, his sound isn't as loud as the other two. And, and it changes week to week. I don't know why you'd think that those guys would have access, especially Will Arnett. That's the one that surprises me because he's the one that probably has the most studio work in his house. But I don't know if he's using it for the podcast. And then it goes down from there. I mean, a lot of people are just barking into their computer microphones. I, I look at it um, in two ways. The people that are hosting together better be consistent or you lose me. Like if you and I were of different quality, like that you could really notice, I find that super distracting. Yeah, I agree. But if a guest comes in and they're a little bit off, you can get it because and I guess that's decades of working in radio where most interaction that way was done over the phone. So obviously the quality was several steps down. But the consistency of the hosts is vital. Those checking in, you know, if it's a little thinner, uh, you know, a little weaker, you can you understand because you are of the mindset that's a guest. They're in a different location. Yeah. And that audio from somebody's computer, even, you know, talking into a computer versus a microphone it's sort of it's it's the same quality as when we took phone calls on our show look at mary joe luscious yesterday she starts talking into her computer why she didn't use the microphone from the beginning is one of the great mysteries of our time well let me just yeah i'll I'll tell you there's there's so much about yesterday i know people are curious and so let me just be the radio guy that we are or that i am uh, let's be radio guys and say in less than an hour, you'll find yeah. out exactly why Dean McDermott, <laughs> Mary Jo Luscious. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Boone about her yesterday. I thought, you know, maybe I, you know, I've always liked her. Maybe I'll, you know, ring her up. And his, his quiz response was high maintenance. But anyway, you can see, you can see. <laughs> well, she, yeah. But yeah. California. To, yeah. Lots of airfare too. She lives in California. For yeah. And I'm, and I'm nowhere near the kind of money that, 
someone like Mary J would need. Anyway, the point is, uh, what was the point? Oh, yeah, you're gonna, everyone's going to find out in an hour what happened on the show yesterday. Lots of questions. People are like, did his internet go down? Dean McDermott was on the show. Anyway, Mike Boone will be uh, hanging out a little bit earlier today. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, this uh, unprecedented, but Dan Duran has real grown-up man work to do. And we will not be uh, having the benefit of uh, Don DeRue and his news today, but that's okay. we got a a whole segment where we're going to talk about what happened on the program yesterday, a classic Humble and Fred moment. Also, speaking of Dan, uh, you don't need to do the entire restaurant read now anymore, okay? It's a lot. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just cut it off somewhere. Yeah, just give pick it. A spot. Yeah, pick a spot. <laughs> pick a spot. Okay. Uh, also, we'll follow up with uh, an interest. You know, something was asked on the show yesterday by my partner here, and uh, I didn't really have a great answer. I wasn't sure. I, I, I just you asked me why would if Lauren Michaels was a man of the Hebrew faith. How did he approve or yeah. what would he have thought of Dave Chappelle on the show today? There's some interesting stuff that can, I, I've, I've checked it in four or five different sources. So I'm guessing it's like the first time I saw it, I thought, okay, maybe that's some fake news, but I've done some research and there's an answer as to how Dave Chappelle's monologue was let to go. Uh, and we'll tell you about that too on the show today. Right on. As uh, as are well, you, pardon me? I was going to ask you guys, are going to talk about the Trudeau uh, she thing as well? I don't know. I, I wanted to talk what about... What is that? What yeah, are you talking about? Apparently, well, yeah, and, and I wasn't. Uh, okay. Because well, it's a little dense. I thought you what were, is it? Well, I thought you were going to talk about the fact that there was some controversy over Trudeau's pink moose socks earlier in the week. Oh, I, 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 I'm sorry. I know what you, when you said she, I'm so caught up in the gender she, thing. Right. I thought you meant she, like he used, but I, you mean the, the Chinese, whatever he, the president. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That guy. Yeah. Wonderful man. That guy. Yeah, Chinese dictator. Yeah. You can't be called a president. If you're, if you keep electing your, it's a dictator. He's the mm-hmm. king of China. Yeah. Uh, but what, so what is the yeah. story that he, he bitch slapped Trudeau over something? Yeah, I, I, well, it was just that, that Trudeau had released whatever he talked about with she, and then she was upset that he's everything we talked about you uh, you put out there. But he also did that in front of cameras, which is a very uh, considered move on his part. So he wanted to the world to know that he was dressing down Trudeau, and now the pundits are going crazy. So there's all kinds of pundit stuff. If you want to read about it uh, and every angle possible, then you can just uh, go to uh, BBC. You can go to CBC. You know, everybody's got. It, it, it's just so political, right? <clears throat> it just is so because he's often accused of, you know, being a wimp and not standing up for the country. And he actually confronted uh, she, you know, on meddling in Canadian affairs. And that's why he gets the dress down. And would she would he do that to a stronger, more powerful nation? No, he wouldn't. So and now the politics is, you know. Those who don't like Trudeau laughing that he got dressed down and those that like him saying, hey, he showed some strength. There's someone in the middle like me who said, yeah, he showed some strength. Fuck that guy. Um, there was you know? that guy had written it down on, uh, I guess, Monday or Tuesday that there was some controversy. There was a shot of Trudeau in some meeting and it was taken from under the table. I don't know how, but right. somebody had said we started circulating this picture of some socks he was wearing. 
And apparently there was some backlash because they were pink moose socks or something. And I thought, you know, of all yep. the things people can get excited about in a fucking day. Yeah, that's something that. And again, of course, as you said, it's all political, but it's even yep. even at that level, how you could start spreading that around. It makes me think that maybe you don't have a lot to do at home. I don't, I don't know. Maybe your life is just so great that that's the biggest issue of your, of your day that our prime minister was wearing some cool socks. No, I know. And that's, I'll tell you, well, I keep saying it, you know, Poliev and the far right in the United States, they're turning me into a liberal. It feels weird, but I say liberal, they're, you know, they're just reinforcing my stanch as a, a, you know, as a centrist, but those guys, they're so fucking creepy that it's like, I want no part of that part. I want no part of that team, you know? And I think you're the same way. And, well, I think, all, yeah, I think anybody who's like a moderate conservative must feel the same way. Maybe we should come up with a new name for what we are. I mean, centrists or liberal. I mean, I, I don't know why liberal has such a, I don't know. Not, I was going to say it's got a connotation to it. But in fact, we live in a liberal country and the media is liberal because we live in a liberal country. Our policies are liberal because we live in a liberal country. Even our conservatives are more liberal than conservatives other places in the world. Well, that's, you know, that's a good point, Howard, because I think I've thought about this a lot lately. The landscape has changed so much. It's almost like you have to redefine the parties and who we are, you know? Because for years, again, when I was a fan of Stephen Harper and I voted conservative and I liked him, well, a lot's changed since then, you know? So what am I now? And I, and I've told, I don't like Trudeau, but so where am I? But, you know, it's just so much has changed through, through um, polarization and extremism, actually. Yeah. Fred's a liberative. Well, I don't know. What is it? I think uh, Howard just explained it. But like, we're are we like? Uh, I, don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, that's cute. Deliberative, or uh, can, mm-hmm. I know, or uh, yeah, conservative, mm-hmm. or a humanist. You know, I mean, here's what happened. And you mentioned extremism. Mm-hmm. Because what it's done. Because I voted half the time in my grown up life. I have voted conservative. I may not have the yeah. reputation of being the mm-hmm. conservative guy in the show, but I am a conservative fiscally, for God's sake. I'm fucking so tired of telling that story. But but I think extremism has driven people like you and me to a degree. It has driven us away from it because how can I support that when so much of it, I mean, fiscally, I'd still say I was conservative, but I, I can't support it because the extremism around it makes me sick. It's so icky. Well, and I'll take lefty extremism long before I'll accept righty yeah. extremism. Great point. I, I said on the left, it's usually naive and harmless. On the right, it's evil and dastardly. So, well, naive and maybe. Take your pick. Yeah, but I mean, I would say, okay, so what is left <clears throat> extremism on the left? can get carried away but really what 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 a left leaning person wants is the betterment for all you know stop giving rich people tax breaks so they can distribute dis, distribute why am i having trouble with that word this week distribute right. that that distribute the wealth amongst more people that seems radical but it's also a humanist 
way of looking at things. Well, that's why the reason I use the word naive, because it's wonderful. It's marvelous. It's fabulous. It's beautiful. It's delightful. <laughs> but it's a bit naive, because del- we're, so, we're so beyond that now happening. That's Come on, you I, love that song. It's delightful. It's marvelous. Or whatever. No, I know. No, I, 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 but I appreciate what you're saying. You're saying yeah. it's naive and it's a pipe dream, but I'd rather have that naivete. Right. I'd yes. rather have that. Yes. I, don't, I don't want to get into it right away, but there's mm-hmm. some video of these guys. And in, in, in the States, they're the new Nazis. They're the guys wearing the khaki pants and the, uh, f- they all march around harassing Jews. And I'd rather have naive liberals than those guys. Because that's what extremism gives you. That's the right wing. That's the conservative. You know, when they, if I hear more of these idiotic Americans talking about securing their southern border, it, you know, there's been problems at the border of the U.S. for decades. Somehow they're making it Joe Biden's problem. Because I'll tell you what, the orange menace didn't fix it. You know, so that's the other thing I was thinking this morning. Like I mentioned it at the, at the end of the show yesterday about how come those idiots are so dumb wasn't he supposed to make america great already (laughs) why do we keep (laughs) wasn't it supposed to have made america great uh again the last time is this america great again the sequel (laughs) that just speaks to the simpletons that are his base oh man you have no idea just buy anything out of his mouth okay where's the logic in that well there is none but they don't care no they don't after what you've seen, you saw on January 6th, how does anybody still think he's some kind of a patriot? He's not, but he tells them he is, and they buy it. So that's, well, that'll frustrate the shit out of you. Like, it's. Should, we should. Do you want to quickly just tell that story about the New York Post? Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let, yeah. Let's do yeah. this. But, yeah. but because you just set this up so perfectly <laughs> by asking the question, how could you be. You want to talk about the naive left. Let's just listen to about 30 seconds of an audio presentation. This is by one of those guys from the, the, the Good Liars. I follow him on Twitter. He's really, really, they're funny guys. And they, what they do is they're the guys that go to the Trump rallies along with the guy from the comedy show and interview Trump supporters. So here you want to talk about naive and how could you continue to support the, uh, this guy? Listen to this. You, you think that Trump is actually still in power right now? Mm-hmm. What do you think? So you think Biden is not the current president right no, now? No, sir. No. No, sir. Never believed it. So Trump is the current president right now? Yes, sir. So are you mad at Trump for the no. high ga- gas prices? No, no, no. It's not Trump's fault. <laughs> he's, Who's, he's, whose fault is it then? It's Joe. It's, he's got to set all this. But Joe Biden, where's Joe Biden? He said he's not president. He's not the president. Okay. okay. What I'm trying to say is. So how could the gas prices be his fault if he's, if he's not president? What? You don't understand what they're trying to do. They have okay. to wake up so, the dingleberries. So that's a guy saying they have to wake up the dingleberries. Like, there's a human being, you know, a guy's probably in his late 60s, who, who believes that Trump is the president. And, but, but Joe Biden's responsible for high gas prices and inflation. So how do you argue with that guy? How could you ever get to that guy and have a conversation you know, about policy if he still thinks that Donald Trump is the president. I, I, I get that. But honestly, when I hear something like that, I, does the guy mean that Biden didn't win the presidency? So he's not, genuine. you know, he's I, acting president because of a fake election, but he's not really the president. Is that what that guy's saying? I've watched, I've watched that clip okay. several times getting it ready for this morning. And, then, okay. and there's thousands like that. All right. 
again, you talk about the naive left. That's the naive right. And, and it's, well, it's cultish. Dan, did you want to say something? Oh, it was, uh, the only thing I was thinking, well, if he is president, then he can't run for the next election in 2024. <laughs> that's he's that's right. Because he's had two terms. And it goes back to the, didn't he supposed to make America de- great again before times? Uh, Fred's going to tell you about this story that is making the rounds. And it really is. It's not only hilarious, but it's also very telling. Well, this is good from many aspects because, you know, Fox News helped get Trump elected the first time. Well, Rupert Murdoch, who owns Fox News and the New York Post, is sort of bailed on Trump. And um, even Fox News, and you watch them, they're sort of an arm's length sort of during the day, especially Trump ain't their guy anymore. Hannity still loves him and would lick his under sack all he could. But that's a whole different story. But uh, the morning after uh, Trump's, which was yesterday morning uh, after Trump's announcement that he was running for president again, the New York Post, which was big time right wing Republican Donald Trump for years. They had another story on the front page. I can't even remember what it was, but there was a little banner across the bottom that said Florida man makes makes big announcement. Page 37. Yeah. It was fantastic. And not till page 37 could you read anything about Trump making the announcement. And here's what it said. It says, with just 720 days to go before the next election, a Florida retiree made the surprise announcement he was running for president. He has stated his qualifications include being a very stable genius. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you want to talk about the power of the media. If he doesn't have them on on his side, all he's got is Newsmax and OAN uh, and OAN, like all those, like, honestly, any moderate watches Newsmax or OAN and goes, this is too much for me. Well, you yeah. watch it and it's almost like, is this a joke? This almost looks like SCTV sometimes to me when yes, you've got, the, yes, you, they've does, got yeah. these people who are sort of pretending to be anchormen talking about uh, all this uh, Q- QAnon conspiracy. Yeah. Do yourself a favor, folks. Mm. Go and look. Uh, just check it out. If you hadn't seen it, I, I thought at first, Fred, I was going to bring it up. I thought at first it was somebody had done it like so did I. Like a bit. Yeah. And I was afraid, like, is this going to be another one of those things where, and it's happened to both of us, where we bring it up on the show, yeah. and we're like, no, no, that turned out to be, you know, you go to Reddit or something, it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, that was fake. But the reason yeah. I want people to go look at it is because there's a, I, and I don't remember either, there's a huge front page story mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with this guy running for president. It's a tiny, tiny banner in the bottom left. Mm-hmm. I just love his qualifications include being a very stable genius. It's funny. So, yeah, he's. uh, Yeah, he's got a bit of a mountain to climb from that. I'd say. So all he really all he's going to have is those people, you know, that, you know, you just played a clip. He's, you know, he's got the market cornered on those. Is there enough? I don't think so. Well, they say that his base comprises about 30% of the Republican Party. So if you think about it, they got 71 million votes last time. And remember, he's never won the popular vote. He's lost the presidency. He's been impeached twice. He lost the Senate, the House. He, he, didn't, he didn't capture, by the way, historically, and you can go back, Obama, Bush, Clinton, historically, the midterms always go to the other party. So he split that. He got a split on that. Mm-hmm. 
Like he is a perennial loser for the party. At some point, don't the other people in that party want to go, okay, I think we've, this funny experiment's done. But it, 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 it again, it just displays all the spineless jellyfish excuses for most case men, but there's some women that just because, you know, I, I love that analogy, you know, when they want to keep their parking spot, it's like they know all that stuff about Trump, but it's like, okay, I have to, how do I keep that parking spot? I, you know what? I got to jump on that bandwagon. He's an asshole. I don't like him. It's not good for the country, but geez, I want the parking spot. You know, I, I was sitting around with some of the uh, friends of our friend Bill here a couple of days ago. There was just about six of us, and a couple were, were American, and, and they were talking about how, and we've spoke about it on the show, how can you make $175,000 a year as a senator or congressperson, and then 20 years later be worth $40 million? And, and we had this conversation, you and I, but I, I brought it up with these guys. I said, the problem with it is their job isn't to help people. Their job is to start fundraising the second they're elected whatever whenever that um uh, thing happened uh, november 8th or whatever what was the actual day of the midterm it doesn't matter the day after they were elected they started fundraising for the next election sure so hey. to your point in order to fundraise you've got to appeal to those fucking dunderheads hey that runoff between warnock and herschel walker they hadn't even they hadn't even called a runoff yet and the stuff was up for herschel walker the fundraising stuff to get him because they could see it coming one other thing i which i laughed about the other night before again we move on from this subject donald trump made a big point the other night during his speech that the popular vote across the midterms Republicans got 5 million more votes than Democrats. He made a big point of that. Has he ever, ever addressed the fact that he lost the popular vote in both elections that he was in? No, of course not. That was way over here. Like, you don't mention that. It doesn't matter. But Uh, it was one one of the main points the other night was, oh, we won the popular vote by 5 million. And, you know, I had a lot to do with that. It's like, it's staggering that these guys say this stuff and you think, well, any level-headed normal person would catch that, but they don't. I've said this to you years ago. Doesn't he realize you can just Google shit? On your recommend, I went and checked out uh, Daniel Dale's fact-checking his speech. Mm-hmm. It's dizzying. But the problem is, it's what you just described. It isn't. We're not talking about level-headed people who have maybe a, a thought or two to logic. There's no logic in that. Uh, I can't remember what else I was going to ask you. But anyway, uh, Dan Duran. I know this is all a lot, and I wanted to finish this week. And if I remember what I was going to talk about, but I wanted to acknowledge that Dan is at my home. Yes. And he is taking care of my dog. And my dog and Dan and Clifford are part of a pack now. And uh, I, think I'm, I'm, I think I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show, but one of Bill's friends down here is Doc Severinsen of The Tonight Show's wife and she loves dogs she lives on a ranch outside of san miguel she has great danes and she's got all manner of animal and i showed bill's uh lady partner i don't know what you call her beautiful ronnie and uh i showed her the picture of clifford and stan and she sent it to doc severinson's wife and doc severinson's (laughs) wife is in love with them (laughs) 
<laughs> is Sock so. uh, dead? No, no, dude. He's like 93 or something. So they're still married? No, sir. They, I oh. mean, I, I, I don't know if they're divorced, but they, they don't, they're not together anymore. I just wanted you to know, Dan, that that picture of, of Stan and Clifford at the top of my stairs <laughs> is now being viewed by Doc Severinsen's wife. Wow. How's that, that for a non-typical of our show? Of course, it's not being viewed by Doc Severinsen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really typical yeah. of our show. Except, Doc I'll tell you, yeah. this yeah. woman is fascinating. She wrote for, you know, for people of our age, you'll recognize, she was one of the writers on The Tonight Show. She wrote for sitcoms like Laverne and Shirley, you know, those type of things. So she's like a real, uh, you know, star in her own right. I just wanted you to know, Dan, that Clifford and your boy Stan, are making the rounds of the celebrities. Wow. Well, that's cool. How are the boys? How is it like, has it been a lot of trouble for you? I was thinking about you last night. I was like, oh, no, no, t- not at all. It, 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 the, the, both of them have been great. They get along fine. And, uh, you know, we go for our walks and there's lots of smelling going on. And it's saying it's great. They're, they're you know, no issues whatsoever. Do, do they sort of hang together? Like when Clifford's on his bed to stand near him or do they to stand off on his own sometimes staring at walls? Yeah, he's more more about the uh, staring at walls kind of thing off on his own. Mm. Um, but he'll he tends to come down like a you know uh, when I'm upstairs they tend to sort of be in the same area. Down here where I'm in the studio right now, uh, Clifford's here because he likes to be here all the time on that carpet. Yeah, no, I know he'll come down and, and stay there. It's, it's yeah. like having a real dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Stan will come down for a tour and then uh, head back up. And uh, yeah, they're both interesting characters. And, you know, uh, Stan is fun to take on walks because he's just so ready to go. He's got all that energy. Yeah, it's funny. He uh, oftentimes when I'm out with him and other people with dogs will ask how old he is. And I say he's 10 or soon to be 11. They uh, can't believe it because he has a lot of that sort of puppy energy. Yeah, I know he does. He does for sure. Freddie, speaking of dogs, I wanted yeah. to tell you too, uh, yeah. Dan, your goddaughter, Charles. Mm-hmm. and my daughter and my um other child spencer and ex-wife randy yes. are all in new york city today uh charlie's been there all week doing some work for the company she works for yeah. but the reason mama and sister are there is tonight in the east village yeah uh, i should uh find out exactly where but uh <laughs> i even find it fascinating saying this but booby billy is having a book signing Wow. <laughs> I just I was explaining this to Bill and Ronnie last night and it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. I think most people who listen to the show, maybe you don't, but uh you might know that my daughter's dog is an Instagram character and uh star. Okay. Star. But a couple of years ago they got a book deal and this book came out October 18th and Charlie and James the co-writer of the book and the co-creator of Booby Billy the Instagram account mm-hmm. uh, are doing a book signing and i just think i don't know how that's i just i said to spencer i said Spencer, i just need to see pictures i just want to see people waiting in line to get their little coffee table books signed by booby billy are they gonna do like the paw and ink or something and the- they do they have a they've got a stamp There's, oh that right you told yeah, me i told that. you they got a little stamp, stamp. Yeah. they just stamp yeah. her paws as her mm-hmm. as her signature Mm-hmm. But as I was telling Bill and Ronnie last night, you know, I, it's not even been three years, guys. I remember it was my 60th birthday and Charlie leaned over and said, hey, daddy, this is January 24th, 2020. She said, daddy, it's very exciting. I said, what, honey? She said, our account, Booby Billy, 
just crossed a thousand followers. I'm like, that's, you know, at the time I'm thinking, that's great. You know, you'll never get to humble and Fred numbers. Oh, no. <laughs> that's cute, sweetheart. Three days later. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, and I do kind of remember thinking, Almost like that. Oh, that's cute, honey. You know, you got a thousand followers to your silly little dog account. You know, cut to there in the East Village in New York City tonight, signing autographs for a book that was created. And it's not self-published. It was published by Harper Collins. Yeah, I know I'm a proud papa, but I just thought it was a, a something of interest because I said to Bill last night and Ronnie, who's been in advertising her whole life, I said, you know, I, I know I'm old now because... It's so I can't we I can't relate to what happened to that account. I, I just it doesn't make any sense to me that people pay to have sponsorships where this dog poses with your product. It's you know, it's just crazy to me. No, it's fantastic. I think and you know, like, I, you know, other lassie, littlest hobos, they better be looking for another one that looks exactly like it. Dogs, <laughs> dogs don't live forever. Everybody says that. You know, everyone has said that to them for a while now. You better take a lot of pictures. <clears throat> I can tell you, though, I think the two of them are getting a little bit bored of it all. I can just tell my daughter, you know, she's a little bit like, uh, you know, she gets very, she wants to move on to the next thing. I don't, know, I don't think it's going to be an Instagram account. Um, all right, Dan Duran, this has been a, a fabulous pre-show. Uh, we got a lot of emails. And as I said today on the show, you're going to find out what happened yesterday when one of our guests decided in the middle of the interview to bail on us. I don't know that that's happened before, but here is Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, our frosty subterranean facility in Brampton, and our newest studio in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be and now here are two men whose new seminar is selling well in washington look for always do unto others what you say others did unto you times two it's humble and fred great work dan Duran. Uh, i'll let you go back to your pack now and uh, have a great weekend i'll talk to you uh, the next couple of days you're i really appreciate what you're doing there you're doing god's work dan <laughs> yes, as always. As always, there's our boy Dan Duran off to do grown up man work today. Freddie, let's uh, start off by thanking these people. Well, it's uh, Thursday, which means Thursday night football. Uh, you can wager at Bodog, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player. Uh, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leaning odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Tennessee at Green Bay tonight. The Pack, a three-point favorite. Tennessee... Uh, pays a hundred and forty-five dollars to win. Okay, so yeah, Thursday already. And Thursday is like Friday on the Humble and Fred show. Mm-hmm. Hey, Fred, man. Yeah. I don't know what I was watching last night, but I was in that rooftop bar. I was telling you about after I had dinner watching. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a mariachi band. It was like three guys playing this, you know, kind of cool Mexican music. And there was a big yeah. screen TV featuring a football game. Between Green Bay and who are the Cowboys? Is that a, was they were, just, were they just rerunning a, a game? 
Yeah, it was probably on the NFL Network, and they rerun games. That's what it was. Previous week, yeah. At first, it caught my eye because uh, the commercials were in English, and I was like, what? And I realized it was... Uh, because uh, I was going to ask you about that this morning. I thought, well, I don't recall them having a Wednesday night game. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. Uh, before we get to uh, the emails, Fred mentioned uh, driving the EV. Well, this, of course, is courtesy of EVnet.ca. What, they, what they're all about is making EVs easy and affordable. And they do this by educating their clients about how electric vehicles work, how economical they've proven to be, all the while operating as a used EV dealership. The idea is... You know, if you've tried to buy an EV, you know what I'm talking about. It's impossible even sometimes to take a test drive. With EVNet, you can test drive a Bolt, a Kona, an Outlander, a Nissan Leaf, or a Tesla Model 3. Freddie's driving the Kona right now, and you can too. Go to evnet.ca slash rent. Check it out for a couple days before you decide if the EV uh, car, electric vehicle uh, lifestyle is for you. And as you said the other day, Freddie, you know, the kind of driving you're doing in the wintertime, you know, you can uh, basically run an entire week or so on one charge, which is about 350 to 375 kilometers. So, yeah, we recommend it to all. RentElectric.ca or EVNet.ca. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Mm-hmm. All right. We got quite a few of these to get through. So hi let's guys. do it. It's Thursday. Hi and that guys. means on the Humble and Fred show, we say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi guys. All right. Uh, I'm going to open up. You have... Uh, you have that stuff in front of you, I'm assuming. You want to start mm-hmm. with, uh, hi, guys. Jennifer Kelly? Sure, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll get the audio ready from Jennifer. Uh, she sends some pictures and um, audio again. She's been contributing, uh, you know, with actual uh, clips of herself, if I can explain it that way. Anyway, she there was a picture, too, of, a, of her having a coffee or something. It was Nespresso, of course, this on the heels of our coffee talk this week. Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, and, the, and then you have her audio message. Well, one of the things she says is she said, I opted not to talk about coffee because I figure everybody else would this week. And she's right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how profound we think we are. You know, I brought up uh, Folger's K-Cup on Monday, and it's... You know, four okay. days of coffee. But here's a little uh, update from Jen. Now, Jen, we love hearing from you. Uh, and you've gone from three minutes to two minutes. But if you, get, get, if you could get it down to about 45 seconds, that would really help us out. Here's another edition of Jen Kelly. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. It's Jen Kelly. How are you? So just a few things to follow up on. I actually did tip $50 because there were nine of us at dinner that night. So it was a big tip to ensure we got great service. So I truly did tip $50 and the bill came to like 1100 bucks. But the other thing, hey, Fred, I was laughing earlier this week when you were remarking that you didn't realize the L's were silent in San Miguel de Allende. But I wonder, did you ever call it Puerto Vallarta? Probably not. So I think you did know. So give yourself some more credit than you actually thought. And I shared a little. By, by the way, that is a good question. Would you have, you don't call it Puerto Vallarta, so, although some people do. No, no, because that's such a famous place. You just hear it all the time. So you, you know what I mean, originally, but San Miguel, you know, this hidden gem. I, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. All right. Well, Jennifer continues. Lovely picture with you guys of my crumpets, and you're absolutely right. Some butter and jam. Oh, 
Goodness gracious, that's the best, Freddie P. So just with regards to the whole Dave Chappelle. and, and Okay, so I'm going to, Jen, so that's really the rest of it is uh, about Chappelle, and we're going to get into that ourselves. But that's sort of the, that's around the 45-second mark, and we appreciate you, Jen. Uh, weighing in on uh, that She's referring to something we asked uh, She brought up last week about tipping in advance Which I thought was pretty interesting mm-hmm. and, and if you want to do what Jen's doing It's really simple, just record it on your phone We'd love to hear your actual voices And as I said, if you could keep it down to somewhere around that You know, 35 or 40 seconds That would be great Alright Hi guys Hi guys Hi guys, Hi guys. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Why don't you continue there, Fred Man? Well, this is uh, Julie Fleming, who contributes a lot uh, during the week, often with um, political stuff and USA politics. She loves it when we talk about it. She's one of those. And uh, she forwarded a tweet from Jim Jordan, one of the most uh, despicable human beings in the USA. Of course, he is an Ohio uh, uh, congressman. Yeah, he's been there 16 years, dude. Yes, never passed a piece of legislation. He's just there because he loves his parking spot. And he's the guy that witnessed sexual abuse against minors at uh, a university, did nothing about it. Well known, proven. He's just a scumbag of the, uh, you know, the highest degree. Anyway, uh, he tweeted, President Trump did more of what he said he'd do than any other president of our lifetime, period. Um, which isn't surprising because, you know, scum attracts scum and, you know, Donnie's his guy and always has been. And he's one of those sycophants. You know, he's hedging his bet that Don will ride to the top. So he wants to be holding on to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you talk about those people. You played the clip of the imbecile, you know, Trump fan. You know, there's people in Ohio that will vote for Jim Jordan again. For 16 years, mm-hmm. they've been voting for him. Here's yeah. what I don't understand, because I, I follow Jim Jordan on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I uh, follow Matt Gates. I follow Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren mm-hmm. Boebert. And one of the reasons I do is I'm fascinated by the comments. Ted Cruz, name a bunch of those deplorables. Yes. What fascinates me is this almost universal are the comments of a negative manner. The, the, mm-hmm. Underneath that comment from uh, the tweet you just read, if you go look at it, it's 90 plus percent negative. Yeah, I the, know. It's weird, Freddie. They all call him Jim, G-Y-M, Jordan. They all yes. reference, yeah, but you uh, turned the other cheek about yes. what you just meant. So I want to know from you, do you think Jim Jordan goes and checks those comments or Matt Gates, uh, etc. Well, think of the time it would take to eliminate those comments. And I guess they think that most people and most people do this. They read the post and then they might read a comment or two or immediately just put in their own comment and then leave. How many people take the time to read all the comments? Maybe that's the mindset. They think, you know, a lot of people don't pay attention to that, so I'm not going to worry about it. Because why would they leave those comments up? Because you, as you say, they're like overwhelmingly negative. Freddie, I could name all the other right-wing lunatics, Lindsey yeah. Graham, all those people, all the comments underneath. Mm-hmm. Here's my theory that most of the people that are engaged in social media, I assume most, a lot of them, aren't the conservatives they're, they're right. yes there are conservative accounts but mm-hmm. you know when jim jordan posted that like i said i read the comments 
Right. They all just mock him and, you know, and I just, here's my question. So he's in his office and whoever wrote that for, or he said, hey, write this and tweet it mm-hmm. out. Does Jim go sort of circle back and have a look at it? And then what does he think? Because he's got to have seen a billion people say you turned mm-hmm. the other cheek while boys were being abused by a, a wrestling coach. And mm-hmm. see, and again, I know we all filter the world through our own sensibilities. It's just human nature. But my sensitivity, what I just couldn't hack it. Like every single no. time he tweets, it's just nothing but negative. Yeah, Howard, they're a different breed. It's like the Ted Cruz thing. What Trump said about his wife and his father. I would have been done right there. I would have punched Trump in the face the first time I saw him. I'd still be talking about that. I'd be saying, that bastard, what he said about my father and my wife. I don't want to be in the same room as, room as him. I can't stand him. But it, Ted Cruz is, it, again, just a, just a slimy, fucking spineless jellyfish. Like, and the, that's who these people want to run their country. You know, if I were Lindsey Graham, I would never like Lindsey Graham the day after Trump's speech tweeted something about how if President Trump uh, keeps uh, this kind of tone, he's going to be <laughs> tough to beat. Meanwhile, you can just go and check the tweet that he said, if we elect this guy, it's going to ruin the party and we'll deserve right. it. How could you ever tweet again, knowing that we could all just go look it up? I know here we are talking about Trump again. Well, but no. And, and again, I, I just but, but how do you not? And this isn't even American politics. This is human nature. Like, like, this is, I don't care who these people are. They exist. I mean, you could take any situation, any issue, and apply this, and it's like, who are these people? Who are you these people? It just happens to be American politics we're talking about. These are horrible, horrible human beings. And I agree with you. Yeah. The only thing I was going to put a little butt in there, comma, but they're also human beings. They've got to have. I mean, I guarantee you that when Ted Cruz sees some of the things like now, every time he tweets, it's always a reference to, oh, yeah, are you going to Cancun? Like he left Texas in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Here we Hi go. Guys. Hi, Hi, guys. guys. Hi, guys. Hang on a second. What's that? Yeah, we, I'm, I'm just going to mention that Mike Hannafin has... Uh, oh, no, not that. I meant the next one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to skip uh, Mike, and I'm going to write to Dean in a second. But just Mike Hannafin mm-hmm. tweeted uh, or sent us a note. He's a great guy, friend of ours. Uh, we're going to check in with Mike, uh, I think, next week. He says, you've probably seen it, but he's basically talking about the Florida man announcement. So thanks, Mike. Uh, this next one, uh, subject matter, Dean McDermott. Hi, guys, says Greg Chert- Churwati. He says... Watching back on today's Facebook feed, Dean did regrettably bail on you. He goes on to say, I think the combination of having to revisit these stories over and over again uh, these past couple of weeks, because, you know, they're doing some PR for their podcast, having to get up early and his birthday. I don't know I'd want to be in his seat, even his facial expression as he closed the computer, said a lot. Not taking sides, but I can appreciate his side, too, as I can. Would love to have him back, maybe by himself, learn more about his career, etc. Looking back on Due South. And the best, and then he goes to the, his last line is, uh, again, in reference to coffee, he says, and the best part of waking up is humble and Fred on your drive to work every day. And I thought that was very sweet and kind. And thank you, Greg. And, and you're going to, we're going to talk more about that when Boone joins us in about 15 minutes. But Greg's pretty close. Mm-hmm. He, um, I'll just say that uh, if you want a hint as to what's coming, it's very close to what I just read. Thank you, Greg. This is from Kim Sanders. Very touching. Greetings from the United States of America. 
I live in Connecticut and have been listening to you for years now. I started when you were on Sirius, and after you left, I moved over to listening to your podcast. You bring me so much joy. I reference you all the time when talking with my family, often calling you my source of truth. Wow. I've been wanting to email you for so long. Keep trying to find something fun and original to say. But all I can think of is thanks for the laughs. Take care, Kim Sanders. Clearly a stable genius. I I put that in there. Oh, you did? Oh. <laughs> I just, I was gonna, I wanted to put right. that in there. She's clearly a stable genius. Oh, excellent. I didn't know you put that in. Uh, that's great. But again, she said, you're yeah, trying to find something fun and original to say. Well, what you said is, uh, well, just great. And, and what you said, I, I totally agree. It was very touching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes when you're doing this show and you think, I know we connect with people. I know that. But sometimes... You know, when you read that and you think, oh, you know, we re- this is a stranger. This isn't somebody we know. And, and I don't know if she's a hundy P, but there's a couple things in that that I wanted to address. Number one, fucking serious. You guys, are you kidding me? Like those guys could have had this show for years. Those stupid mm-hmm. fuckers. Secondly, the fact that she left serious and came a- a- to join us on this podcast you know, it's touching. It's, uh, you know, when you read that, you think, well, maybe we are making some sense to some people. Clearly, that woman has everything going for her. And she's probably um, very wealthy and, uh, I don't know, she's made some great decisions in her life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, let me add this. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Now, I put this in there. I don't know if we... uh, Do we want to read this or... Why not? (laughs) Okay. It's funny. It is funny. Should we explain the first one? Explain the first one what? The first well, part? Look, the, this is sort of a parody. Oh, uh, I see. Yes. Oh, okay. But he does mention it. You explain the context, then I'll read the email. Yeah, because I had told the story. I talked about those uh, hanger steaks and how good they were. Right. And then people were asking, where did I get them? And then seriously, I said, well, I don't really want to say because my buddy Darren, who turned me on to the place, had said, you know, don't tell too many people because then they'll go there and they'll be sold out of the hanger steaks. And I thought he was serious because, you know, he's a bit quirky. And uh, I thought he was serious. In retrospect, he said he wasn't. So then... I ended up talking about Burton's Meats in Mississauga, who sell these hanger steaks because he allowed me, he gave you the allowed me to. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So this <laughs> anyway, is from that's... this is from our friend Darren. Hi, he says, "Hi guys, maybe chill out a bit and dial it down a notch or two on all the San Miguel talk. As you know, the place has a hidden gem, and just like the concerns I've expressed in the past about hanger steaks, the last thing we need is to have the place overrun by others and one day find that accommodations are completely sold out." Next time, one of us plans to travel there. Then he goes on to say this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Florida this time of year, so let's work together to keep it that way. Perhaps a little more talk about Mexican cartels, drug smugglers, burglars, beheadings, deplorables, and corruption would be more in order with very minimal talk of golf, fine dining, and general cleanliness. And my favorite part, and this is an inside joke, is e-guards. But I saw that I laughed. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Fucking Mr. E-guards. Jeez. Cheesy. <laughs> anyway, thank you, uh, Darren, and all the best to Lori. Hi, guys. All right. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi guys.
Uh, this was in reference yesterday. You were talking about how much you are in annoyed with the uh, paywalls. Yes. A lot of people are. You see, you know, the first few lines or somebody sends you an article and you go to read it and you can't read it because there's a paywall. Well, anyway, Brian Martin um, uh, forwarded a, a website that will filter these things somehow. Yeah, a little workaround. Yes, allow you to read uh, articles behind a paywall, and it's called 12-Foot Ladder, okay? And all he says is just Google 12-Foot Ladder, and right. uh, apparently I, I tried it. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. All right. Uh, is it legal? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but we do appreciate uh, Brian Martin checking in. Why don't you uh, continue on this next one while I get the audio ready this is from uh, greg uh, shawati again okay yep. folgers christina aguilera impersonating share i saw this uh on with jimmy fallon i believe and uh they do that bit where you know the thing spins and there's an artist and then the thing spins and there's a song right it's called the musical impressions generator and then they have to, yeah, like they don't, like yeah. they don't rehearse that beforehand. But anyway, by the way, I, uh, you know, you referenced our Christina Aguilera, and I'd forgotten how. Uh, juice. Oh my God. Yeah, juice. And I'm not much into the blondies, but she is. Uh, I'm. I when I went and got the clip, which I'm about to play, there's a video to it. And I was like, oh yeah, now I remember her. So here she is. Uh, impersonating Cher, and why we're playing this is uh, she's doing the uh, Folgers coffee jingle. Listen. That's pretty good, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I watched it a couple times, and, you know, I was looking at her hands on that microphone, and they're, she has beautiful hands, and, of course, you know, you know where I go. I go. I'm like, she probably has nice feet, too. Right. Oh, yeah. I can't get it out of my mind that Cher's banging like a guy half her age. Wow. Like, what's that? Why, well, are you jealous like, of her? Both. <laughs> <laughs> like, I find the whole thing fascinating. What's it like for him? What's it like for her? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, let's go on to the next one, people. Uh, let me find it. Got like 19 screens open here. Uh, this is from uh, my, Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller and the subject, mm-hmm. my cousin mm-hmm. and the Freedom Rally. Hi, guys. I need your advice. My cousin that I haven't had much contact with over the years wanted to visit me. This would include sleeping over one night and drinking all of my beer. I just saw a video of him at the Freedom Rally when they had it in Windsor. Oh, that's right. We have no freedoms in this country. I didn't know he was, in quotations, one of those people that I can't stand. I have to say no after I saw the video. Do you think I'm doing the right thing? Thanks. And then he signs it, cowboy. I don't know what that's in reference to. Um... You know, I've read that a couple times, and I thought, well, what advice would I give them? I, I don't know. Family's tough. I know a lot of people, and you know one of them, too. But I know a few people whose close family members are not just, you know, it's not, if it's not the Freedom Rally, they're anti-vaxxers, and they're conspiracy people, and they've gone down the QAnon rabbit hole. We know somebody pretty close to us, but I know a few people whose brothers didn't get vaccinated, and their family get-togethers are tense, and they always have to make allowances. 
So my advice would be, you know, you, you did the right thing. If you think it's the right thing to do for you and your family and who needs tension, you know, if it's a cousin, like, who, you know, I would just say who needs the aggravation at this point? Cause you're not going to, my last thing is this, Freddie, you're not going to convince that person. No, I know. The flip side of that is like, how do we get anywhere without dialogue? But I know it's tough. It, it Really, it would be tough for me. And then within it, when you, you know, scratch the surface or drill down a bit, it's like, you know, there are just, again, naive people. They're stupid people. They're smart people. And then you sort of have to slot them. It's like, okay, if he was at the Freedom Rally, is it because he's a bit of a dunderhead and really doesn't understand the issues at hand? He just thinks it was a neat thing to do on that particular day and could be won over? Or is he some kind of a staunch extremist? I, I don't know. You know, avoidance probably would be the best, but then that creates tension because then you have to lie and come up with some excuse. Well, why you can't host him? Uh, I, I, yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know what to say. I don't know if I was in that position. What, what would I listen? I have a buddy now that I talk to the odd time on the phone and every so often he drops these little things about Dr. Fauci or CNN sucks. And it's like. We keep talking about wanting to get together again, and me and my buddy Doug, and we're good friends with this guy, and we've sort of avoided it, because I don't want to sit there and have those conversations with this guy, because I know he's retired, doesn't have a very active life, and he sits and watches Fox News all day. I know, that must be what he's doing, because he's just parroting that shit. So it's tough. So I, I'm in that situation. We're sort of avoiding this guy. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, you're right. Okay, dialogue. We should all have a dialogue and try and get everyone on the same page. But, you know, for an overnight stay with your cousin that you're not that close to, I mean, I don't know that I would. Like when the when the pandemic was sort of in the middle of it, somebody that I do some work with uh, mm-hmm. was telling me, and it was pretty emotional that they're one of their brothers. Like it would be, you yeah. know, someone really close to him. It just, they just had to avoid them for a while. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what would that be like? You know, I couldn't talk to Stephen or David because every time I did, they were trying to convince me that the deep state was taking over and Dr. Fauci was and, and you know, putting chips in, in mm-hmm. baby's blood. And like, how are you have how could you be in the same room with that person? But you have to because they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're your family. Mm-hmm. And it's very tough. I felt bad for this guy. Another guy, you know, we know, I yes, again, this week he tweeted stuff about how the vaccine has hurt people and ruined your immune system. And it's like, how how do I talk to that person? Like, how do I actually, hey, how are you doing? (laughs) No. Because that's harmful. Yeah. That's harmful. It's wrong. It shows your ignorance. It makes me question your intelligence. And it's harmful to spread that stuff so it really is it's it's tough it is tough and th- but anyway bad. and you know when these people take those stance there's that's just that's just a facade there's a lot more going on absolutely and, and that's how it manifests so it's it's very complex but bobby we appreciate you coming to uh, humble and fred for uh, some free advice let me uh, just quickly uh, acknowledge that uh, joe Syke says, still laughing my ass off when I listen to you and Fred. On a serious note, the family racing team needs a shout-out for their fundraising accomplishments. Appreciate the consideration, Joe. I went and I, uh, I grabbed this Facebook 
um, video where he's talking about, I'm not sure who the people are in the video, but it's a fundraiser for uh, part of the family where they have an autistic uh, child who has done very well in the world of racing. So uh, we just want to uh, give our best to Joe. And uh, like I said, it's a little bit convoluted. I can't play the clip right now. But uh, we do appreciate, Joe, and your, uh, your good words. And uh, as always, all the best to you. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi Are you guys. this Anthony Bastone? Do you have that clip? Uh, I do. I think I... Well, no, again, this one is... Uh, go ahead. Read it, and I'll tell you why I... Uh, I'll just... I'll I heard t- you guys talk about only bringing out uh, the drip coffee for company. Uh, this bit really covers what company used to be like back in the day, and we had talked about that, that sort of sense of community and, you know, yeah, the special coffee pot or the a special coffee for visitors. Or, or your mom would say, don't touch yeah. that cake because it's for company. Yes. Yes, yes. So the bit he's talking about is Anthony, I'm sorry, uh, is, it, is it Sebastian Maniscalco? Oh, okay, right. And I think I've seen it. You have seen it. And I, you know what? I, I, again, I previewed the clip last night, and it's, it right. takes too long to get into it. But mm-hmm. it's, it's just what he said. It's basically he's talking about how excited we all got when company would come over. Everyone would come to the door. And yes. then no matter what you were doing, if company came over, you would go, and your mom would say, don't touch. That's the cake for company. And it's really, really good. And thank you, Anthony, for uh, reminding us of it. I mentioned the, one of our neighbors, her name was Mary Bully, and she'd come over and knock on the door and have her pack of cigarettes in her hand and say, Joan, did you need to put the kettle on? And then I'd walk through the kitchen. She'd say, she'd say skedaddle, Freddie, now this is adult talk, skedaddle. So in my house, and it used to bug my mom, in my house, right? <laughs> well, and this was a little Scarborough bungalow, you know, get out of the kitchen because this is adult talk. She would tell me in my house. Well, but, but again, remember, neighbors were quite bold in the day. They could discipline you. For well, I was going to say that. Remember, we yeah. grew up in a world where mm-hmm. no, any adult, any adult mm-hmm. could give you shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter where I was in Moose Jaw, right. if mm-hmm. I was doing something, if it was a friend of my parents or not, that adult could give you shit about what you were doing. Yes. All right. But anyway, thank you again, Anthony. And for people that are looking for that reference, and I think it's in Sebastian's first special uh the one that broke him it's really really funny hi guys all right hi this guys. one uh i hi took guys. from uh a actually you know what i want to do this i want to leave this one for the last because i have a couple things to say uh why don't you do this one from, from your brother yeah for my brother i'm gonna leave that oh, one okay. so skip over to right. scott shields okay well, this this is a long one i'm gonna uh, do it catching up on some episodes from last week and uh I got nightmare flashbacks listening to Fred's description of walking through Pearson Airport after coming back from New Orleans. As a former airline pilot with Air Canada Express, I made that tunnel walk several times daily, and I, too, always remarked at the number of escalators, elevators, and moving sidewalks out of service. If more than 50% were working, it was a good day. But the majority of the time, it made the airport look like a second-rate place and not the welcome to Canada uh, you'd hope or expect. Also, why is it uh, that when Dan stays at Howard's place, he does his reporting from the kitchen instead of the Humble and Fred studio? Is this just another quirky Dan Duranism? Uh, thanks, Scott. Yeah, I don't so know much to say about the top one. I mean, he says it all, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, it's funny. I didn't really think about that. Mm-hmm. The Dan Duran 
I think part of the... Actually, you know, I do have an explanation because there was no camera. Although I right. guess he could just sit across from me with his computer, but... Mm-hmm. I think I think part of it is just so that we don't that it's not it's feeding, more convenient and it's not feeding back through his computer yeah. into my computer yeah. into yeah um, uh, okay so I'm going to leave Stephen for the last why don't you just quickly uh, acknowledge that Chris K uh, came across some uh, some humble and Fred memories from our I think it was our 25th anniversary show at the Horseshoe yeah. Hi, guys. Stumbled upon some pics from that show. John Tory, Strombo, and a slew of other great guests and entertainment in prime time. I believe many of us uh, 100%ers, Dan Duran and myself included, had a bit to drink that. Too, a bit uh, to drink that night. Too much, I guess. Awesome night for two awesome guys. Uh, the pics aren't the greatest. Lighting and alcohol are to blame. Uh, P.S. Uh, Kelsey's will be our new restaurant destination of choice. And Isn't that great? Thank you. Yeah, th- uh, thank you, Chris K. from Milton, who's been he, he's been with us for so long and, and so loyal. Yeah, he's such a great guy. And, and the pictures were fine. And, you know, it's, I'm glad you sent those, Chris, because I had forgotten about that night. I really had. That was such a cool night. We did the show. I'd say several hundred people. We were still on Sirius at the time, or I think we had just started with Sirius, and the guys right. from Sirius were there. And I was so ha- proud of the fact that we could still gather an audience like that. And it was really a fun show. And again, by the way, Tori's going to be back on our show in the next little while. I'm not sure if I mentioned that I made contact with him, and now he's got uh, our producer, Toronto Mike, who's standing by uh, right. trying to arrange it. Okay, I'm just going to do this really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes from my brother. He said, hi, I heard today's show. I agree with you. The Chappelle monologue hit me funny, too. Also, I think it was one of the longest monologues in the history of SNL. Now, I don't know about that. But I will well, say this. 14 minutes. I thought 16 minutes is what I saw. Or something like that. Well, whatever yeah. it was, it was a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say a couple things. Now, at the beginning of the show, I, I looked around the internet when I first saw this. I thought, is that really true? Because Fred said something yesterday about, well, how could Lauren Michaels, a Jewish guy, what would he have to say about what Chappelle said about Jews? And I thought, that is an interesting question, Fred, man. You know, maybe he thought of, you know, for the good of the show. Well, it turns out, and this is from several sources, that Chappelle in the dress rehearsal did a different monologue. Now, oftentimes, comedians will, and a guy with the amount of material that Chappelle has, Mm. and and I don't know this next part for true. I don't think they have a different audience for the dress rehearsal and the main show. And so what I would imagine Chappelle would think is he didn't want to burn those jokes so that the audience would be fresh when he did the actual show. So that's one explanation. But it turns out he did a completely different monologue in the dress rehearsal so that nobody really knew, Lorne Michaels included, what he was going to say about Jewish people. And I don't want to get into a whole thing about it now because I've thought a lot about it the last 24 hours, what I think about it. But I was saying to uh, our producer, I said, you know, it's funny. Interesting, not funny. You know, I, I brought up the coffee maker here on Monday and, you know, I, I mentioned that they were Folgers K-Cups. And, and you know, I know what you're going to say. It's always the simple things that people relate to the most in our show. Over the years, you know, stories about my kids, your kids, dogs, you know, those are the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, people respond to but i was a little bit 
surprised that there was zero response on our show yesterday to what I said about him, about Jews. I said the N-word out loud. You know, I had a pretty uh, impassioned reaction to what I saw, and there was literally no response. Now, I don't know whether it's people felt awkward about what I said, and I'm curious about your opinion. But I'll just finish by saying, I said that to my brother. I said, you know, it's interesting over the years on the show that I thought, I, I don't want to say disappointed, I was just a bit curious, and maybe a bit disappointed, that nobody who likes me or likes this show had anything to say about what I said about how I felt as a Jewish person and my reaction to what I saw that man say on television. And that's all I want to say about that. I don't need to dwell on it, and it's not a, you know, I'm not, it was just a little bit weird for me. Well, maybe the explanation is because you said it, said it so well. What more is there to say? And further to uh, what you said at the beginning, you know, it's some of the most basic stuff that people react the most to. And uh, again, that and what I had said to you, Howard, the very first day, you know, not being Jewish, I don't know what to think of it. And maybe a lot of people that you might expect a response from are in the same boat. They don't know really what to think or what to say, maybe because they can't live it. I mean, that would be my explanation. Yeah, but I I mean, I'm not going to say that you're completely wrong, but, you know, you're one of my best friends. You know, you know what to say. You can say, hey, I that feel that's kind of shitty for you that that you're your people and again i'm not really because remember mm-hmm. jews aren't all you can be jewish without being religious because you know i'm not i don't have a choice whether i'm jewish or not i do have a choice whether i'm religious or not and of course i'm not because i have a brain but right. I, I was born and even though i don't you know you know you i'm not very you know observant or any of that but i still am a jewish guy and it seems kind of weird that here we are in 2022 and there's guys marching around uh you know with with uh tiki torches saying jews will not replace us and i'm like well that i'm not trying to replace mm-hmm. you guys i'm just i'm just a guy from moose jaw mm-hmm. so i know again i don't want to dwell on this because you know i don't want I, I just it just hit me a bit weird that there was zero reaction to me being a bit i don't know it's fucking i'm going to keep dwelling on well the same and sometimes thing, you know? and again i'm just listen i could be wrong you know my initial explanation there or theory and another one might be it takes you know in this format and issues that are somewhat complex it sometimes it takes a while to digest think about then react that may be part of it too that may filter in over the next week or so um, and by the way, this isn't sour grapes. And it's like, oh, why don't you didn't t- pay, pay attention to me? It's, this was a pretty significant moment on the show where for the mm. first time in 33 years, somebody said the N-word out loud in response to being, you know, sort of dragged through the muck on national television again by somebody that I really admire. And it's funny, I sent a note to my brother last night. I said, what did you think about it? He said, you know, it's still troubling me. And I and, yeah. and, and you know, you can be Jewish without being identified as a religious person and still have that mm-hmm. stuff. It feels pretty weird, to be honest with you. I'm 62 years old, and I've spent my whole life feeling a little bit weird about this anti-Semitism that seems to be getting worse. Like, it's not mm-hmm. getting better. I don't know how mm-hmm. many times I have to say that the most, the most hate uh, crimes in North America 
or against my people. And it seems a little bit weird that a guy that I love, Dave Chappelle, and I do, I, I went back and watched it. I watched it for a couple of reasons because he's so good and it makes it worse that he's so good. Mm-hmm. Like it would be, it would be different if he was shitty at it, but man, he's so good at it. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying to Mike, like that yeah. line when he says Kyrie Irving uh, didn't, you know, doesn't really believe the Holocaust. He's kind of making a wink like he doesn't even think the Holocaust exists. Well, that doesn't do anything. But but mm-hmm. that's terrible to say that to give that air is a, it's just bad. No, I know. And it's another, you know, you as a Jewish person can more appreciate what black people go through or other minorities, visible minorities who you know, suffer discrimination. Um, you know, there's so many different levels to this where I can't. Again, it gets back to what I said. I watched and I'm laughing and then thinking, should I be laughing? There's something about this that's just not. Yeah, it's a little bit sticky. right. And that's why I asked you. But again, I, I don't receive it like you do. I'm not Jewish. I'm just this guy. You know. Yeah, but you're also somebody that's been hanging right. out with a Jewish guy for half mm-hmm. your life. So you can imagine how it would hit me. And I'll tell you what, can you imagine a comedian going on Saturday Night Live this weekend going, yeah, well, so-and-so doesn't even believe slavery existed. Oops. Because mm. I'll tell you, for some reason, there's an allow. I've said it before, this all happened. There seems to be an allowable amount of anti-Semitism. I get it from friends of mine. You know, I told a buddy of mine how, you know, economical this holiday was. The same way you would tell me, hey, Howard, I found this deal in San Miguel mm-hmm. and it's only costing me this much a night. And I would go, hey, great job, Fred. Well done. But I said it to this guy. And he goes, oh, well, you know, your people. And I'm like, are you fucking what? kidding me? He said this to me. And this is a guy. And, you know, he means nothing by it. But our society has it's a com- being funny. Yes. But but the thing is. Our society has an allowable, there's an allowable amount of anti-Semitism. If I was a Chinese person and I said, hey, I had a little trouble getting around San Miguel because it's very crowded, the streets are narrow. Well, you know, you're people in driving. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's, it's just fascinating to me. So you're right. You know, maybe it'll take a few days or maybe people just feel it's so uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. Uh, but anyway, I want to move on because we're doing the show and we've got other shit to do and Boone's here. And I think I, I've I've exhausted uh, this point. Well, let me tell you about this. OK, I'm yeah. Hang on. Let me give you some music. Now. Let me give you a little bit of music here and you can, uh, you know, let that sink in. While traveling, a member of the Hummel and Fred show are covered by the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Yes? Listen, there's dental, you know, and there's prescriptions, and there's therapies, and there's an HR component, and there's a mental health component, but also a travel component. That is very important, and it's excellent, top to bottom. You know Howard's story about being, you know, in... uh, it's just... In Ari- where was it? I, I got sick in Arizona, yeah. Arizona. And the coverage that this provided to him. You know, they've been around for 40 years. 30,000 Canadian businesses part of it. Small business, it's fantastic. The premiums are... You can do it as a small business is what I'm saying. And uh, they've done a great line, uh, great job on holding the line on premium, premiums over the last uh, few years. So it's very stable and uh, very simple to uh, sign up and the smart thing to do for your employees. If you have a small business, take the time. Go to chamberplan.ca. Find out what it's all about. Yeah. And hey, it's Thursday night. Did you know that Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978? 
Try their legendary chicken wings for half price. You know my people. We like a deal. Every Thursday, sauced and styled how you like them and wash it down with a $6 Coors Light 16-ounce draft. I'm going to repeat that because it sounds like it's fake news, but $6 for a... Well, I guess 16 ounces. Is that a tall boy? I, I don't... I've lost oh, maybe. Is that That'll it? quench your thirst. Oh, uh, I'll That'll tell you... Uh, well, okay. Let me get back to the scripty here. Uh, what are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. And uh, you mentioned when you were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, with you're talking about Bodog. So when you're there tonight watching uh, the game, uh, you can enter to uh, win a chance for over 500 prizes, including NFL jerseys, soccer jerseys, and swag, and a grand prize VIP Super Bowl 57 experience. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a sports game, get a ticket, and enter the win. Uh, enter to win. This contest is on for a limited time. Game night should not be a tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today. And in the meantime, visit Kelsey's.ca for more details. You know, Mikey, I uh, got to apologize because there's been, uh, you know, normally when I have a second screen, I have uh, a lot more uh, ease loading up music. So normally when Boone makes an appearance, I have his theme, but I'm going to have to... Uh, we're going to have to go themeless for you today, buddy. No worries at all. Uh, I want to just say thank you for that hefty dose of real talk there when I jumped on there. Uh, I love your show when you guys are authentic, and I'm glad you shared that with the audience. Humble. Yeah, well, thanks. You know, again, and I, I mean, I've had a couple ahead. of days to think about it, and uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird being a 2022 and stuff happening in the world you're thinking is this is this shit happening again you know i think we need uh zero tolerance when it comes to you know racism homophobia and anti-semitism even if it's like casual clever anti-semitism and i think that dave Chappelle, you could put in the category of like casual clever anti-semitism but no it should be like a third rail like we need to like denounce it on impact well, in, in, in all its forms, because, uh, you know, Freddie, there's, there's, we've had so many discussions about what you can and can't say. Well, I'm talking to Lumby the other day about accents you can do and accents you can't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can do a Jewish accent all you want, Italian, you know, French, but you can't do Jamaican, can't do Chinese. Why can't you? I don't you do? think you can do a Jewish accent for what uh, it's worth. I don't know. I, I hear it all the time. Why can't you do Unless a Chinese? You're Jewish. Why can't you do a Chinese accent, but you can do an Italian accent? Uh, it's about like whether the, the people have been oppressed, right? Like, so if they're a people of color or if they're uh, LGBTQ plus or, you know, if if they're of a, a certain religion, like if you're an oppressed people, you can't do it. So you can do a Scottish accent, but you cannot do a Jamaican accent. Well, I guess Scottish person could argue that they've been oppressed yeah, over. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're white people, right? They're white Asian. Uh, they're white European. <laughs> See, people. this is the problem. You know what I mean? When we bring it right down to this base, that then everything's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mimicking voices is not a big deal. Sorry, it's just not. Uh, I, agree, I agree it. with you. So we've made it a big deal now. Well, it's so not from, illegal. Like, no, but Mike, Freddie and I, and here's where I agree with yeah. Fred, because I've had this discussion. I remember having this talk on the edge in the 90s mm-hmm. and how we have characters on our show in those days. You know, we had a Chinese character for a long time, and then one day we just couldn't do it anymore. 
Uh, but guys, I don't want to get too bogged down because we're running up against the schedule mm-hmm. here. Uh, we have a, a GoDaddy guest in about 15 minutes. And the reason, Mike, of course, popping in on Thursdays to tell us about the uh, show is, by the way, here it is. <laughs> I found it. Uh, but you know what? We should have this discussion uh, when we've got more time. It's just, you know, you say you can't do it, but of course you can do it. You did it the other day and nobody complained and nobody shut you down. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying in the greater, in, in the general public, we can do anything we want in this show. No, exactly. And as I said to Lumby the other day, he said, I don't know whether I should um, uh, talk like the guy. And I said, well, is that the way he sounded? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, what's wrong with that? That's exactly. the way he sounds. <laughs> and, and if you go back and listen to that episode, because it's a guy that I grew up with, knew my family and... and I, 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 how else could I do an impression of him than, yeah. than sound like a Chinese person for a second? Anyway, he was Chinese. I'm going to tell you what he said, but I won't say it in the Chinese. <laughs> no, like, I know. It does seem that's ludicrous. the problem. Uh, yeah, anyway. But Mike's here because yesterday, in humble and Fred, true humble and Fred fashion, you know, sometimes when things go off the rails on the show, it's pretty fascinating. It's happened many times over the history of this podcast, over the history of our show. It goes all the way back to Al Waxman stopping an interview and telling me how disrespectful I was for asking him how many Canadian tire points you needed to get the Order of Canada. So we've had a tradition here. So, Freddie, Mike, why don't we set up what happened yesterday? Okay, firstly, earlier when you said Tori was coming on the show soon, I actually thought for a moment you meant Tori Spelling. So, because uh, you, prom- you were promoting that Tori was coming on the show. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, uh, John right. Tory, of course, not oh. Tory. What if we had Tory Spelling and John Tory at the same time? That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. Okay, so let me, can I preface this and then I have a little clip and then we'll get into it. But I will tell you it's been uh, 17 years since Dean uh, McDermott and Mary Jo Eustace split. So 17 years, but it's legit. Only this summer, this summer of 2022, that Dean started to process it all. Like, so now he's had these lengthy conversations with Mary Jo that get recorded for their podcast, X's and Uh Uh-Oh's. There's only three of us that are privy to these conversations because only two have actually dropped in the public realm. So I'm one of the three people in the room, if you will, when these chats happen and it's like, completely raw it's totally emotional and it's been very tough on dean because for the first time in 17 years he's really kind of looking at what happened when he left his wife and kid and married tori spelling okay so these floodgates have opened and like it's all gushing out now and then so yesterday to go to yesterday do you want to hear the clip first and then we can i can break down the specifics of dean on Humble and Fred yesterday morning. Yeah, pl- yeah do it. This is your show now. Go ahead. It's mine. Okay. <laughs> Good. Finally, mission accomplished. <laughs> That's okay. right. You've finally taken over. <laughs> 90 seconds, but it's worth it because we have to set it up. Here we go. But at that point in the story, you come to Mary Jo and say, hey, remember all that stuff I was talking about, how this is going to be the greatest thing <laughs> and yeah. uh, how we're going to, this is a dream life. And I'm, I'm, and you were doing very well. You were doing all that. You, your, your, your career had taken off and, so how does that conversation go? Did it start with, hey, Mary Jo, remember that 90210? No, no. I mean, no. I can yeah. tell you because I wrote a show. Oh, God, poor Dean. Is this too much for you on your birthday? It is. It's okay. <laughs> it is. It is. I didn't think. Uh, good. I mean, great questions, guys. Good deep dive on the yeah. questions. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, because I thought that that's what this was going to be. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually wrote a story about this called Palm Springs because this is what happened verbatim is we were on a family vacation with another couple with Jack and Lola and this other couple 
ultimately sold the story to all the tabloids and made a fortune and renovated their kitchen. Duh, that's going to happen. But um, Dean was just sort of distant during the vacation. Long story short, I, I write about this. I went up to the room to change Lola's diaper and Dean had just got back from golf. And um, <laughs> I said, uh, something's wrong. Something, I just feel something's wrong. And I said, have you met somebody? And he said, yeah. And I said, was it Tori? And he said, yes. I said, did you sleep with her? And he said, yes. And I said, um, he said, she's my soulmate. We're in love. Mm. And it's, you know, and that's where our story began. Oh, he just left. He left. <laughs> he left. So that happened yesterday morning, live on Humble and Fred. Right after that appearance, because I was listening live, and I was initially thinking Dean had an internet outage or one of his five kids had a, a crisis or something he had to attend to. Cause I've known Dean to kind of, I've never known him to bail when it got heavy like that. He usually is very like real and authentic and, and you know, this time though he disappeared. So I, right away I had a phone call with MJ and we speculated on what we thought happened. And then it took a while to connect with Dean McDermott, but it turns out that combination, there's like a triple threat. One of your, uh, Hundy P's kind of nailed it, but it's his birthday, so he's turning 56 yesterday. It's 5.15 in the morning, his time, when he's uh, popping on. And he was happy to come on. He was excited and looking forward to talking golf with you, Howard, and everything. So those two things are in place. And then he's put in that spot now where, you know, Mary Jo talks about changing a diaper and this, this family, and he's got a, a young son. And suddenly he's got to revisit, like, why did he look Mary Jo in the eyes and say... I have to leave now. You know, they had been together for years. So like going into that moment, according to Dean McDermott, he was having a panic attack. So he's live on your show and a panic attack was coming in and he knew he was about to completely lose it. And he had these two options. He was either going to lose it and start bawling live on Humble and Fred, which might've been your preference and my preference, but he was either going to do that or he was going to close the lid on his laptop and leave that on his 56th birthday and that's what he decided to do well so there you have it folks that's what happened and uh you know i it's his prerogative i says it's just a silly little podcast we do it's not the there's nothing no one has to come on the show and i guess he felt that of the he two wanted to come on but no i was gonna say of the two options staying there and start to break down or just leave and I don't, I, I'm glad to hear that, not glad, but I'm, I, that explanation, I don't, I, I did, I, cause I didn't think Freddie and I were asking questions that were out of no. line considering Fred, that that was kind of what the point of the show was. Oh yeah. It's part of the story. That's exactly what, you know, based on what their podcast is about, I thought mm-hmm. that's what would be on the podcast. So just let's have a bit of it on this show. But so to be clear. None of your questions were were off base or out of bounds. Like I listen, I actually, so I listen live and I'm like, I need to revisit this right away. And I listened to it on a bike ride, which is where I was really focusing on everything. Like I treated it like the Zapruder film. <laughs> I've, I've had conversations go south and then you start to break down. Like, where does it go off the rails? What happened here? None of your questions were out of bounds because it is all part of the story. Their podcast X's and O's is all about how they had a terrible divorce 17 years ago. The tabloids were right in there throwing gasoline on the fire. Like, it was horrible. Dean told me he had blocked MJ's number for years. Like, literally, the, the mother of his child blocked the number. 
and he's off with a toy spell and having five kids. But now that they're dealing with what happened, Mary Jo and Dean have become friends and they're documenting this and it's not scripted. It's all authentic. It's quite emotional and wonderful. But at the same time, it's tough for Dean because now he's basically eating a lot of shit because and maybe Howard can relate, maybe Dan, but all his divorce guys can relate. When you look your wife in the eyes and say, I'm le-, especially if you have kids. Mm-hmm. I, I've well, been through this. I'm leaving the marriage now. You know, and, and Mike and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. And, and you know, I thought about it since our conversation that it just, I know it's cliche to say, but, you know, everyone is going through something. Everyone is struggling with something that the rest of us aren't privy to. You know, I, I opened up this morning about something that I'm struggling with, which is this fucking universal anti-Semitism. But Dean McDermott doesn't owe us anything. I mean, you know, it was kind of a, a, a neat moment because when somebody bails on you, it's like, well, that doesn't happen very often. But it's an interesting explanation that the guy just was overwhelmed. Yep. He went there. He went to that moment 17 years ago. And this is what he does on the podcast. And it does result in tears on the podcast. But that's him and Mem J in a private. Like, I turn off my video. He forgets I'm there. And he's talking to his ex-wife. But here he was on his show with two guys he knew from the 90s, right? Like, you guys are from his hometown. And he's, it's his birthday, it's 515. It was just too much. Yeah, no, I get it. And so what do you think of that, Freddie, about him kind of, you know, hey, we couldn't we couldn't have known that that moment was coming. We were just asking questions like we thought that's what you do. Well, that's the explanation. I really don't have a lot to say about it. That's what happened. That's what he was going through. You know, and I think we all can look back on our lives and sometimes, you know, time actually works against you because, you know, something happens and at the time you don't think it's a big deal, but then... A few years later, you look back and you think, how did I do that? How did I say that? So that's what he was going through. Like, you know, he was caught up in, with Tory Spelling and, you know, and uh, Mary jo, uh, jo referring, you know, and part of it may have been infatuation, the Hollywood, the star stuff. At the time, it all made sense to him. Now it just looks... That, that's a great point. And I think that not only is that a good point, but also, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that he's still with Tory Spelling, mm-hmm. I find fascinating. Yes. Like that, you know, when he said to his wife, you know, Mary Jo, uh, that was my soulmate. Well, you know, maybe that turned out to be true, but the whole thing was just messy. And and, and what you said about time and perspective, I mean, we we all can look back and and say, you know, I don't know that I handled that so well. Yeah, you know, time heals a lot of things, yeah. but sometimes time can work the other way. When my ex-wife and I had the conversation with our daughters that we were going to split up. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I, I can tell you, we had gone to counseling. I don't know. Did you, if you do this, Boone, we no. went to counseling for a while to, I'm mean, a couple months before, because we knew before they did, obviously, but we had gone to some counseling mainly about how do we, in a, uh, you know, a loving and constructive way, tell these children of ours. And you how know, old were they at the time? Actually, or do you remember? I do. Yeah, I think like 13 and 10. Yeah, that's and, very. Ooh, yeah. But here's well, mine a, were six and eight. So and I want to just finish by saying that. Uh, so I, it was, you know, we were in a room with a woman who's a professional, et cetera, et cetera. But when it came down to that moment of telling these children and looking at their parents, like, you know, I can, you know, it's, I can see how we could get emotional around those things. Cause you know, it's at the time you think, well, we're doing the best thing for everybody and everyone will be happier in the end. But I know my kids, I don't know about you, Boone, but I know both of my children 
have been profoundly affected by that event in their lives. And I would say this too, more than I thought at the time. And now 14 years later, I don't know. The perspective I have now is different than I did then. And I, I mean, I can just leave it by saying that I, I don't think I knew then. And I don't think Randy did either could have understood the impact that we were going to have on these two human beings lives. Sure. Now imagine, uh, you know, the U.S. tabloids all over you and Randy's divorce and everything and your kids oh, yeah. and everything. Like, well, so I was surprised. I'm surprised it wasn't all part of Now Magazine or I at the time. You know? Yes, uh, <laughs> for sure. Now here's, Magazine. Here's what I don't understand. Help me with this. Yes, Tori Spelling, mm-hmm. but Dean McDermott and Mary Jo Eustace. What did that mean to the tabloids? They they were just a couple of Canadians. Like no, it was Tory. Like Tory, yeah, it was yeah. all about. Okay, no, yeah. I get that. But yeah, so Tory having this affair with this guy, relatively, let's be honest, unknown in that market in America. Yeah, a little known in yeah. America. Absolutely, absolutely. but I, you know what I mean. Usually, it's like boom, boom. These two big. Mm-hmm. Anyway. No, it was no I think it was just it, it shows the impact, the, you know, the strength of uh, celebrity she had at the time. Obviously. Right. You know, uh, absolutely. No, I'll just say I know because there's an I know there's another humble and Fred guest uh, coming very, very soon. But I, I just will say I have a lot of empathy for Dean McDermott and what he's going through in this process. And the fact that he's actually been willing to participate with Mary Jo in this like very therapeutic, uh, cathartic revisiting of everything that went down 17 years ago. It's kind of amazing. And the fact that I get to record it and share it blows my mind so there is a second episode i literally just dropped before i came on so go to your podcatcher of choice and check out x's and uh-ohs and hear the real talk from those two and, and you know what i now that having the, the the background that we all have i think it makes that podcast even more compelling and uh we're happy to help promote it and i think we need a Obviously, we got to start, start working on a, uh, another episode when we have Mary Jo and Dean back separately or together. I don't care. But, absolutely, uh, no, I'm absolutely working. I just want to give him a little t- space on his birthday before. I no, I get it. Uh, Toronto, Mike, quickly, before we uh, get to our uh, GoDaddy guest, uh, tell us who's uh, hanging out with Humble and Fred next week. Do you remember the uh, funny maritime comic Lisa Baker? Love her. She's our guest on Tuesday morning. And hear the drummer get wicked. We've got a uh, former Our Lady Peace drummer and humble Howard golfing buddy Jeremy Taggart on the story. Uh, sorry, on the story. On the program Wednesday on the story. That's fantastic. Jeremy Taggart, uh, not only part of Our Lady Peace, uh, not, not the drummer anymore, but uh, part of Torrens and Taggart, a uh, very successful podcast. And honestly, Freddie, you know, I, I've talked to Jeremy recently. One of the nicest guys. He's super funny, but he's just a good, kind you know, human being, and it'll be great to catch up with Jeremy. Oh, as my dad used to say, he's a prince. He's a prince. And I, I hope I can get Jeremy to tell this story about how he filled in for the drummer of Pearl Jam on a Pearl Jam video where he just, he wasn't even the guy on, what's that? No? Kind of got that right, but it was the song Hero. Speaking of, uh, Chad Kroger from Nickelback had a song from the Spider-Man soundtrack called Hero. Oh, okay. Well, it was Cameron's Nickelback. A drummer, but yeah, so he stepped in and did drumming for Matt Cameron in the video for Hero. But didn't Matt Cameron then go on to be, uh... Pearl Jam's drummer, yeah. Pearl so Jam's drummer. Soundgarden, and then he went to Pearl Jam. Okay. So it's, there's some connection. It's a cool story, and Jeremy will tell how he... Hero. What a great jam that Exactly. Is. All right. Thank you, Toronto Mike, everybody. Bye, everybody. All right, Thanks my enough. friend. Uh, Freddie, are you all caught up? 
No, I want to tell you about the retirement Sherpa, Tim uh, Niblett, a please. portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim was on yesterday. Uh, we talked about, uh, well, a lot of things about timing markets and all that stuff and how it can't be done and there's good times and bad times and... It's just part of the game. If you have a portfolio and you'd like someone to have a second look at it, Tim is your guy, licensed on both sides of the border so he can do it. Even for our friend in Connecticut who got a hold of us this morning. Yes. Tim Niblett, the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. I'm just trying to get our guest from uh, the world of GoDaddy, Young Lee. Hi, Young. Hey, how welcome. Hi, it's cool. Look how happy and sweet you are this morning. Uh, well, that's because I had my coffee, and so I'm a changed person as soon as I finish that. So, uh, do you have one happy. cup? Do you usually just have one cup, or do you keep drinking it? You know what? I gotta say, I used to uh, be a one cup person, and then over as I got older, I'm like, you know what? I'll do half a cup in the afternoon. So I'm a one and a half. Wow. I guess for oh. the day, and then that's it for me for caffeine, and um, I can move on and operate. What? What, what is your coffee of choice? Um, I, okay, so um, I'm going to plug in a small business. This is a, a special brew by this local uh, coffee cafe called The Common in Toronto. Mm-hmm, okay. I know. I buy their beans. I buy the dark roast. That's in the East End, isn't it? Amazing. And it's like the best the best coffee I've ever had. Hey, so young, I, hope, uh, I hope people will check it out. Young, that's in the, isn't that in the East End? Sort of Broadview um, area? It's on the West End. Oh, okay, so completely different. locations, but I'm sure they're growing and maybe they have one in the East End. But yeah, it's called the common and excellent. It, interesting, you brought up coffee because we've had a lot of discussion about coffee on Tons the show of it. this week. Oh, okay, how timely! Every, everything cool. from Base, Folgers, and Maxwell House <laughs> to, what, to what you talked about this morning, which was sounded very exotic. Uh, young, for you, you pe- for you people who don't know, Young Lee is a director of marketing at GoDaddy Canada, uh, with right. an extensive background in marketing technology, etc. And today we kind of want to talk about the impact of the pandemic on consumers. And how GoDaddy is supporting entrepreneurs in the current economic cl- uh, climate. Um, what does this sort of give us a little background and some context? Uh, what yeah. is Go and what has GoDaddy been up to since we last talked uh, this summer? For sure. Um, so since we last chatted, um, well, obviously GoDaddy's been really busy uh, supporting. Uh, small businesses across Canada as they look ahead to this really crucial holiday season, uh, which we'll talk about um, with the survey. But um, but we've launched um, in the last couple of months, and you guys already know, you had a guest from Futurepreneur. We launched um, Empowered by GoDaddy, which is this amazing program um, partnering with Futurepreneur in Canada, uh, who's a not-for-profit um, organization that supports young entrepreneurs to help them along their journey. And uh, it's a fantastic curriculum, um, helping and training them to learn everything to increase their online presence from like marketing, brand, SEO, uh, you name it, website building. So we're really proud of that. That's been an amazing, amazing uh, endeavor uh, over the summer. Uh, but the survey, let me talk to you about the survey. So, uh, you know, holiday spending and um, in the current climate, as we all know, is um, is has been a hot topic <laughs> In the last uh, a few months and maybe the whole year. Um, so small businesses kind of tr- learn how to operate um, in this new climate of raise, with, with consumers as well, of all of us impacted with uh, higher inflation rates, um, small business um, um, uh, interest rates rising that also impact uh, consumers and small businesses alike. And of course, this anticipated curved consumer spending, which yeah. is what interest rates are supposed to be doing. Um, well, says the bank. 
<laughs> so, uh, so we've all been watching. And um, I think the survey that we did, we really want to explore that um, to understand what's an impact on consumer spending, right? What mm-hmm. can um, small businesses kind of anticipate? What is the uh, mindset of our small business community as they um, as they think about these things that have um, impacted? So. So with that, um, we commissioned a survey with a um, research company called Maru Blue. Okay. Um, and uh, we wanted to explore this. And so um, some really interesting insights that uh, have come out of that that I'd love to talk about. Yeah. Like what? Trends. Like yeah. So one of the things are trending. Yes. Yeah. So one of the first things, um, which was not a surprise to, to know about 72% of consumers on the consumer side. And just to be clear, we, we uh, surveyed consumers and we also surveyed mm-hmm. small business, uh, small businesses, small okay. business owners. So on the consumer side, no surprise, but 72% indicated that, um, they have uh, they have been impacted by the rise in interest rates and the high prices of you know the everyday um, things that you would buy in your life for your lifestyle. So they have reduced their everyday spending um, because of this. Um, that was um, that's very indicated in the survey, which completely makes sense. That was no surprise. Um, but what's really optimistic is that uh, consumers, um, when it comes to holiday spending, about a majority of them, sixty one percent, still plan on spending the same amount as they did um, in prior years when it comes to friends and families. So I think that's awesome. I think that's great for small businesses to hear and know about that that appetite is there. Um, but with their everyday spending on everything else um, being wow. decreased, holiday spending is very important. Were yeah. there any surprising results from the survey? Um, well, for um, some surprising things, is like the idea of a side hustle has become um, extremely popular, as you know, in the last year with the pandemic, a lot of that surged, right? People were just doing side hustles, um, the great resignation, etc. But even though that was um, new cycle, that's kind of windled down on, as a hot topic, um, still 18%, that's still here to stay, where 18% of Canadians um, in this past year have opened up a side hustle as a secondary source of income. Um, and that appetite is still very there, um, which I think is really cool. And another fun fact um, is that one third of small businesses and owners in Canada um, actually began their business because they needed that second source of income. So I think that second source of income and the ability to want to earn more, um, I think that is something that we can expect. And um, obviously, GoDaddy can help people with that, um, with what we do on on getting your online presence. Um, And I think it's important to also know that small businesses, um, small business owners, even though 38% cut their spending uh, with cost cutting because they have to have that in mind, 76% 76% of small businesses, um, small business owners are very optimistic about even growth in 2023, which I thought was great. Also yeah. surprising mm-hmm. that they have that optimism yeah. and two thirds of them actually credit that having a website and online presence really helped them grow in the past year. So that's a, a theme that we keep seeing. Yeah. Well, we've noticed, you know, through doing this show, people becoming a lot more comfortable with Zooming an interview just like this. and Sure. I think people, a lot more people have become comfortable with online shopping as well. So yep. I'm not surprised that, um, you know, through COVID became a lot more comfortable with online shopping. Going forward, they'll just maintain that and go and use the web, obviously, for their their purchases. So, young yeah, lady, before, it's a, it's a we, privilege. We, before we get mm-hmm. uh, before we let you go. So going into this holiday season, do you have any advice for consumers or small business owners? 
Yeah, I do. Um, I I say, hey, listen, small business, um, their impact to the economy, as as many people know, we have to support them. They're so important, so vital um, as we go forward. So for consumers, you know, if you're shopping this holiday season, please think of that small business guy. Think of unique gifts that you can get. I personally love shopping at small businesses. There's things that you won't find at like the big box stores. And mm-hmm. every time you make a purchase at a small business, just know they're doing a happy dance inside, um, especially in these hard times. So um, I think we should keep supporting them, which is amazing. And then for small business owners, I think the advice I'd give for sure is um, make sure that you're present across all your online touch points, multiple touch points, whether it's your website to social, that's pretty critical. Um, remember, a website is the first place usually often that people go to to check out your credibility, yeah. your brand, like what do you offer? Really? So that information is is there. So you want to make sure you have that. Well, um, I'm going to tell you, we appreciate your support. I know that... Uh, GoDaddy uh, has had a lot of reaction from the Humble and Fred folks. And we, I'll tell you, one of the things that fascinates me about GoDaddy is this, that you can get 24-7 phone support. Because a lot of people are new to this, and they don't know what they're doing. And Absolutely. it's free. You can start your website today. Young Lee, all the best to you. Thank you. Thanks Howard. for popping in and, and uh, appreciate your participation. And we hope that you guys will come back again sometime because we love having you on our show. We love being here. Thanks for having me again, guys. All right. Take care. Enjoy enjoy that first cup of coffee. I will. Thank you. Take care. Director of, uh, make sure I get this, Director of Marketing at GoDaddy Canada. This is that song that uh, Boone was referencing. Uh, I guess it's from one of the uh, first uh, Spider-Man movies. This is the one that Jeremy will be talking about. Um. Well, that wraps up our first week of uh, remote broadcasting. All right. Uh, yeah, so outside of a few little glitches here and there, it's been pretty technically uh, sound. I'll tell you, I know I mentioned them before, but one of our longtime friends has been so supportive of, of us, and we want to just give them a shout out, our friends at Gig Sky. You know, last night I went out for dinner by myself, and you know, the, the little hot spot that I have, I've showed it, I have it right here, I'm just charging it. It's about the size of, I don't know what that is, like a, it's pretty small, yes. right? I, I can carry that in my pocket, and it's like on the golf course yesterday or at the restaurant last night or hanging out. I was texting Dan last night because it was the kind of place. I know you'd like it, but it's very Dan Duran-esque, you know, just the vibe of the place. So I was sending him video of where I was. And, and all of it was with my own, my own internet. Mm-hmm. And it's very inexpensive and it, it gives you great coverage. And there's great cell coverage here in San Miguel. And what that gives you is access to the internet in my pocket. And I can just, I'm just telling you, this is the, probably the most, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the most I've had the, the hotspot on, on any of my travels. Like it's constantly with me. And I can just tell you it, the internet is, it's incredibly strong with this gig sky. So shout out to Rudra and Ravi and everybody at gig sky. And, and again, thanks for your support. Yeah. So you went out uh, last <gasps> night by yourself and yeah. Walked hey, around. I, and, I, I, I could just see the, you know, the major day. Have you served the lonely man? In the <laughs> that man all by himself who looks forlorn? You know, it's funny you say that because I was not the only person by themselves in that restaurant. 
There was an older woman at the table next to me. I thought, well, maybe I should invite her over. Do you like that experience? I, for one, I'm not big on it, being in a restaurant by myself. It's just, I mean, it's not that I won't do it, but it's... Yeah, well, I don't know. Remember, I spent the better part of four (laughs) years on the road. So I'm, you know, I was in different cities for 25 or 30 weeks a year. When there wasn't always an opportunity to hang out with a friend, I I was working with other comedians and lots of times you're in a town early by yourself. So I'm fine with it. I'd rather you listen. It would have been nice to have a buddy with me or my gal. You associate, you know, dining out with conversation or, oh, try a bit of this. It's lovely. Oh, what are you going to have? All those conversations. Well, in a weird way, and I, you know, you'll find this. It was, I was having conversations with uh, Randy and Charlie and Spencer and, you know, right. in between bites of my food, I was, mm-hmm. you know, sort of conversing with somebody. But I here's the thing. I wasn't not going to do it because I didn't have anyone to do it with. You know what I mean? No, I, 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 I'm the same way. Like, you know, a couple of times, even at the Tin Palace, I'll go down to the canoe and paddle and sit at the bar and have dinner. You know, I'll have the bangers and mash all by myself. You know? I just well the same thing except I wasn't at the <laughs> I wasn't at the canoe I was at Huecho Mexico oh sorry I was at Huecho Mexico you know and what we, did you have I know we got to leave but what no, did that's you fine. Have? listen we got all day now uh, oh I thought oh wait a minute aren't you don't you have one foot on the Gulf Coast right now not today I'm actually going oh, a little bit later I'm gonna go uh, work out here's the thing the guy I'm hanging out with Bill he's I don't right. know how old he is seventy six seventy seven whatever. Mm. I was sitting next to him at lunch and I, I just, I was kidding with him and I just sort of mm-hmm. banged him on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's fucking 10 times stronger than we are. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. he is like his arms, like he's a strong, he's always been strong. Well, I'm going to go work mm-hmm. out with him today. It's just going to be embarrassing. Like he's so strong. So that's what I'm doing today. Uh, what I had was the, uh, I had a beet salad with uh, some kind of goat cheese. You would have loved it. And a balsamic mm-hmm. vinegar or balsamic, how do you say it? Balsamic Balsam- vinegar. <laughs> and then I had the, I mean, they obviously I like a lot of restaurants here. They start you with some, uh, chips like, but like really nice, you know, you know those, it's, you can see they're made there and it's not like some crappy taco chips or whatever. With guacamole? You mean? No, not guacamole, oh. but they give you a couple of different options of dipping okay. sauce. Right. And I'm always a little bit leery because I'm not sure which one is the one that's too spicy for me. I was out with Bill the other day and he said, they brought something to the table. He goes, don't touch those. <laughs> I said, why? He goes, just don't touch them. Like they were these little peppers in an oil. Mm-hmm. He says, no, no, leave that alone. Just have the chips. Don't touch that. So I had that. I had the chips. And then my main was uh, fish tacos with a side of jicama, which I uh, sort of only half enjoyed, and Brussels sprouts. But I'll tell you, these fish tacos had a little bit of bite to them, and you got three of them. Here's the whole thing cost me 20 bucks, including the drink I had, the uh, lemonade and soda water, limonata. Right. right. So without alcohol, it was $20. And when you say that, you mean Canadian. Oh, yeah. That's the key thing about Mexico. When you do the, you know, you do the... Um, the conversion you can do it in canada and fully appreciate what it's costing you <laughs> oh yeah because if you do the conversion and, and then you're thinking u.s well oh man it's still 35 percent more than i would spend so so i had everything i described it, it, what's it like for an american down there just think about that with their dollar oh, shit it's gonna be like free so i had everything i described then i went mm-hmm. to that rooftop place and i had a you know i had a tea and i had a cab ride home and the whole thing was less than 30 bucks <laughs> it's pretty good um, and the hey, food wait was a minute. Stop saying those things. Darren will get mad. I don't want to get Darren mad at me. But I'm going to tell you, those fish tacos, 
were uh, it was just excellent. Like every, I'm not real. I wanted to try this hikama, which is a, I don't know. I, I ate half of it. It was, I just, it was a what weird, is it? a vegetable. I think so. Or it's a root kind of thing, but. Oh, a root. Yes. Okay. A root. But, uh, it was, so I, I wanted to try it cause I'm like, okay, I've heard of it. I'm, I just don't well, know. In Mexico it. do as the Mexicans do. Come on. Yes. But don't mimic one. Don't do. No, oh, no. That's right. Whatever you do, don't mimic them. I'll tell you. You know, know, that one thing Boone's talking about, it's like, you know, I I, I just, I I know you're getting, it's tedious. I know it's tedious to me, but look at, look at impressionists. So look at great impressionists. Are they not supposed to do an impression of a star who's got an accent now? Is is that where we're at? Like, I, I don't. Oh, we've been like, at that for a long time there, you bro. You just go, like, it's like, you know, that whole first level, let's relax a bit. Anyway. No, I could say, I could, like, listen, I just, mm-hmm. the problem with that discussion was that we ran out of time to yeah. really dive into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just looking here um, at our face. I, you know, just for people, just uh, for reference, I almost never look at the Facebook comments during the show and i just thought i'd mm-hmm. quickly have a quick uh, look and i'm you know i just wanted to see if there was any pushback um mm-hmm. and here's uh you know here's something that somebody said i don't know who it is let me find that comment stand by i don't know where it is it's a guy from he says uh his name is mick manning i don't know if he's real or not he says i don't like your constant jokes about christ and his religion either someone talks funny about judaism and you put your victimhood shawl on and i'll just say this to mick go fuck yourself mick how about that because you know someone talks funny about judaism like denying the holocaust that's what you think is somebody talking funny about the holo about judaism so i'll just say that you know what mick there's lots of other shit you can listen to and you know but like there's a whole there's like i don't even want to address it because that's ridiculous somebody talks funny about judaism listen freddie and i dan everybody on the show makes fun of religion because it's ludicrous i don't like your constant jokes about christ well grow up how about that i'm not talking somebody didn't talk funny about judaism they basically went on national television and said hey maybe the holocaust didn't happen there's a whole different world. And by the way, you Christians are in the majority. There's a billion of you. There's 15 million Jews on the planet. Do you think it's really fair? You want to talk about punching down. You know, there's a billion Muslims. There's a billion Christians. There's 15 million Jews on planet Earth. And somebody wasn't talking funny about Judaism. You know, I don't need it. I just, I mean, I'm at the point in my life. I really don't care what Mick Manning says about me. Anyway. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Anyway, but again, that displays, I mean, what's his religious background? It just shows you again, what's wrong with religion, you know? (laughs) Freddie, how many times when we did the show on the edge where we would get actual letters, like a written letter from the Catholic, whatever they were called, league, Mm -hmm. and they always called me Glassman. It was never Mm -hmm. Humble and Fred, it was Howard Glassman. We all, you could Mm -hmm. tell what they were like. You know, again, I only address it because I, I just thought I'd pop in and, and have a look. And, you know, there you go. Somebody, How did you start that again? Read that. He again. says, I don't like your constant jokes about Christ and his religion either. You mean right. the fucking made up shit? Mm-hmm. Someone talks funny about Judaism and you put your victimhood shawl on. Yeah, I'm a real victim. Fuck. You know, again, that's why I said to you, there's a 
a bubbling under of anti-Semitism. I've seen it my whole life. You know, my daughters, I don't know if I told you this. I've, I'm sure I have, but you've forgotten. Charlie more than Spencer. But Charlie went to a school in Oakville where kids, when she was little, would throw pennies at her. Mm-hmm. Because of the Jews being cheap and money and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But you know, it's not like this is new to me. It's just new that I've had a forum where I can actually be honest about it. And yeah, I make jokes about Christianity because well, it's you, nuts. You, 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 Right. Explain that. You know what I mean? You, we do. We take shots at, you know, religion in general all the time. So when he says that to you, what is, what is your definitive re- reply? Just that. I, I mean, I, there's yeah. a big difference between Dave Chappelle making jokes right. and Dave Chappelle basically saying that somebody who denied the Holocaust may have had a point. Like, fuck mm-hmm. me. You, you know, you Which is actually, a tangible thing that happened. Yeah, it's a tangible, here, it's a tangible yeah. thing that happened versus a made-up yes. story that this fucking yes. Mick Manning still believes in. That's what I was getting. Like yes. a fucking retard. Mm-hmm. There I said it. If you still believe in religion, you're retarded. In the actual sense of the word of being slow mm-hmm. to understand, not mentally mm-hmm. ill. Here's the thing you said it so well, and I f- forgot about it until now. But when you described this to me, because I hadn't seen it, you had. And I went back and listened to what you said. And here's how you describe it. You said that he was making these jokes, but at the same time making his faces, making mm-hmm. those faces that make it seem like he kind of went along with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what was ultimately disappointing for me because I'm such a fan of his. I'm a fan of yours too, by the way. But you described it perfectly. He was making it seem okay to kind of think that the Holocaust didn't happen, and that all these things being said about Jews was A-OK. Mm-hmm. This came in as well from Jennifer Kelly in response to what you said earlier in the show and having no response basically on how you felt. It says She says, I say nothing because I have no idea what to say because I am so afraid I'd say something wrong. There's something to that, Howard. There are certain subjects sometimes now people just don't want to entertain because they're afraid of saying something wrong. I don't know if that totally applies to what you said or what you're saying, but that is that is that's a thing nowadays. Better to keep my mouth shut about anything I'm not completely familiar with. Anyway, she says there's been a lot lately on this topic, uh, not to undermine it, but I I come to you guys for laughter. And it's comedy. And that's the hard part. Where do we draw the line? Uh, P.S. Kyrie thinks the world is flat. Hence Dave's comment about him not believing it. So again, to Fred's point, a slight against how stupid Kanye is. Kyrie. No, uh, how stupid Kyrie is. What did I I say? He said Kanye. Oh, uh, Kyrie. Kyrie. Uh, Irving. Kyrie Irving. Anyway, it says your sensitivity and genuine vulnerability about the topic, Howard, is uh, warming. It shows what a good guy you are. Well, thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to wrap it up. Uh, it was great having uh, this opportunity. And I got to tell you, we're not, we don't take it. Uh, I don't take it lightly about being able to. And I was thinking that when I got up this morning, I'm like, you know, you're going to be in the Dominican in January. I'm here now. I know that it's shitty and snowy. And, you know, one of the things we both learned a long time ago <laughs> in our radio careers is, 
you know, yeah, I've talked a little bit of my, about my experience here, understanding at the same time that people are going through the first, you know, snowmageddon of uh, the season. And I'm going to be back up there in a couple of weeks. And it's really, we're really lucky to be able to do this. And as I've said to a bunch of the guys here, and you've met these guys, you know, the fact is we're not retired because we can do this. Because I'll tell you, I've said this about you. Somebody asked me the other day about, maybe it was Ronnie and, you know, I said, if it wasn't for the fact we can do this show like this, you know, that Fred can spend the entire summer if he wants at his trailer and go away in the winter. And and as I am now, Mm. there'd be no humble and Fred show at some point. You would have just gotten sick of driving into the studio. Right. Mm -hmm. And we just couldn't have gone on with that model the way we were doing it. No. So we, I do appreciate that the audience is still okay with us. And, uh, and I have uh, all the, you know, all the utmost respect for everybody, uh, except for Mick Manning. He can suck it. Suck it on it. <laughs> I just mean it. You know, it's suck funny. Suck it on it. Suck it on it. <laughs> you know, it's so funny um, that uh, years ago in Reed, oh, you never want to turn off the audience. <laughs> I don't give a shit at this point, you know. Whoever's, whoever's here is here because they like our show. And respect for everybody. Hold You're on like Carrie Lake. Pardon me? You're like Carrie Lake. You told some of your followers to leave the room. Okay, I've got to get Dan Duran's uh, extra here, so let me make sure I get this. No, that's not what I want to play. Where's. Uh... Isn't that funny? Because just one little thing I have to change where it's at. Okay, there's Beck. And don't I hit that? Okay, I hit that. Here we go. And uh, by the way, we'll be back Monday. It'll just all be fine. You know, and we'll go back to talking about nonsense and Trump and dick jokes. And Have a great weekend, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. You can email us, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. And on whatever platform you're listening, help out. Liking, subscribing, stars, hearts, they're all appreciated. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, today is the first day of the wait for the Monday show. So pace yourself and enjoy every goddamn day. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's